Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can begin to take your seats. Happy Sunday. So grateful that you're here with us. You know, our time of centering prayer, in my opinion, is probably the most important thing that we do every Sunday morning. Because it's one thing to talk about God, and it's another thing to experience God. And God is beyond any words that we could possibly say about God. God is beyond any ideas we may possibly conceive about God. And so in order to experience the presence of God, it's helpful for us to also go beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond beliefs, into stillness. And through stillness, we become present to the presence of God that is within us, around us, moving and working through us. And so I know for a lot of us, uh, meditation or centering prayer can be uncomfortable. Uh, being in silence can be awkward or frustrating and we get antsy and restless. But if that is you and that is your experience, I want to invite you to lean into it this morning. Uh, try to grow a little more comfortable with the uncomfortability because that's not just a lesson that will help you in meditation, that's a lesson that will help you in life. Learning how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so this morning, as we practice centering prayer, it's just you and God. There's no one else in this room. I'll say a few words, but I also want to guide us into a prolonged time of silence. And as we sit in this silence, there's nothing for you to do other than just be. That's the whole point. So if, you, if the thought comes into your mind, am I doing this right? There's no way you could do it wrong. Just be. So I invite us all to close our eyes, sit upright in your chair, place your hands wherever they may feel comfortable, plant your feet on the ground, and just begin to deepen your breath. With every inhale, I want you to take in God's love, God's grace, God's compassion. And with every exhale, release the stress and the worries and the anxieties. Bring all of your attention and focus to your breath. 
word spirit in Hebrew literally means breath. Your breath is your life force. And when you focus on your breath, you immediately bring yourself into the present moment. Because you cannot breathe in the past. You cannot breathe in the future. You can only breathe now. breath is like your anchor, something you can always come back to to put your mind at rest. Notice how you breathe without even trying to breathe. It simply happens. All you do is become aware of it. And as you grow in your awareness of what is already happening on its own accord, you feel such a deep sense of peace on the inside. And in the same way, all of your life happens on its own accord. We have this illusion that we are in control of things. But it is God who does all things in us and through us. All there is for us to do is notice. scriptures say that in God's presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Within you is the kingdom of heaven. The greatest treasure in the world you possess on the inside. But the key to unlock the treasure chest is stillness. I invite you in this moment to rest in God. Simply rest. Allow whatever thought arises in your consciousness to simply be there. Don't resist it. Don't retain it. Don't attach yourself to it. Simply watch it come and go. Your mind creates your world. 
Everywhere you go, your mind is there with you. It is the mind that brings us so much suffering simply because we don't understand it yet. When you can take a step back and become the observer, the witness of your internal world, it changes everything. The way to control your mind is to realize that you have no control over your mind. It's just like watching a movie on a screen. And as you create space between yourself and your thoughts, in that space, you find clarity. You find wisdom. You find peace. At this time, I want to invite you to think of a sacred word. I can suggest a few. The word God, Jesus, Christ, peace, maybe the phrase be still, whatever word you choose in this moment, with every inhale, I want you to silently Say that word and allow it to be your anchor as we move into a, a time of silence together. Just continue to repeat that sacred word with every inhale. Be here now.
this time, I want to invite you right where you are in the stillness to just bring a smile to your face. Feel the energy of that. What a difference it makes. You don't find joy, you create it. And you can do that so simply with a smile. Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Fill us now with your peace. Give us vision and insight and wisdom and clarity. Clear our minds so that we can see you. May we carry the energy of your presence beyond this moment into every moment so that our life can be a living meditation, so that we can be a walking prayer. We commit to carry your presence with us everywhere that we go. And remind us in those moments when we're lost in our mental chatter that you're right there beneath the noise. May God bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you. Amen. Good morning, y'all. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Mm. Wow, you know, just to kind of drive home, not that I need to, the power of that centering prayer, particularly the one you just gave, brother. Thank you. It's so funny because even though he gave the disclaimer <laughs> and he's like, hey, there's no way to do this wrong. <laughs> and this is my best friend. Like, I've been here for half a decade. And I'm sitting there and I'm in the meditation and I'm going with it and I'm noticing that, like, my mind is very active. And I find myself trying to rein it in. And so... As amazing as that center in prayer was, I'm playing this tug of war and I'm stressing myself out. <laughs> and I, all these thoughts are coming up like, come on, man, you about to come up and speak. Like you really need to be on top of this right now. Like you need to get centered. <laughs> and I kid you not, not even a minute before he finishes, the insight comes, that too is fine. you are not even that. Those, the, the thoughts, the mind chatter, it's even that occurs within you. It's okay. And all I did was, 
God, you funny, you know? Not even a minute. So he's not always there when you want him. What is, that? what is that phrase? They said, he's not always there when you want him, but he's always on time. Showed up right on time. So now I'm here. So it's always a blessing to see you guys. I love you. <laughs> Where's Sasha? That message that you gave was so in line with the message today. I just wanted to say that's crazy, the alignment of how God will touch multiple people that haven't even spoken to one another about it, and he'll just make resonance flow through the whole place. It's amazing. And you'll see with the title of today's message, Godly Cravings. Godly Cravings. You know, it's, you guys ever experience a physical craving? You ever experience like, you know, the first thing I think of when I think of a craving, I think of food, you know what I'm saying? Because I say that's one of my strongest love languages. Yeah, my brother said ice cream, but I'm, you know, I'm lactose intolerant, so that was the wrong reference, but thank you, bro, I appreciate that, no. <laughs> but, but you know what, in alignment with that though, it's funny, because. Danny is known as the dude who is so fully about acceptance, acceptance of what is, that is his message. That brother is one of the number one people that has taught me about cravings. <laughs> me and Danny will be on our way somewhere in two different cars. We'll be like, oh, meet me over here. And I'll be like, cool. I'm gonna be driving over there. And you know what I'm saying? I'll be bumping music in the car. We all dressed fresh. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, <laughs> we riding. And I get a call from this man and I'm like, Yo, what's up, bro? And he's like, hey, man, let's make a pit stop. I'm like, okay, why are we going to make a pit stop? He's like, let's slide over there and get some cookies. <laughs> and sure enough, it'd be 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, and this man be sitting in his Tesla just... <laughs> like that craving, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's visceral. I learned from that, you know what I'm saying? So we understand physical cravings. We understand that that can manifest, and just in the same way that it can manifest physically, it also manifests existentially or emotionally. We have desires, you know? Our egos have desires. We, literally the way our brain is wired, we're motivated to seek status. We're motivated to seek things. We're motivated to seek achievement and acceptance from others. And we want to build attachments. We have all these egoic desires. But my question is, is there such a thing as God-driven desires? Is it such a thing as God implanting a desire in you? implanting a hunger, implanting a craving. And the reason why that can be such a question is because we talk about acceptance. And, we, and as a matter of fact, that's one of the pivotal foundational messages here at Heartway, is acceptance of what is. Which is saying that if I will really allow myself to open up to this reality, to open up what is happening in my life. If I can enter into a state of acceptance with what is, there is a peace, there is a power, there is a, 
connectedness to God that is inexplainable, a peace that surpasses all understanding. We understand that about acceptance. But sometimes when we think about that, it almost makes us feel like maybe that means I need to be stationary. How do I juggle being in acceptance while also being compelled to action? You following me? So that's what causes us to ask the question, is there such a thing as God-driven desire? Is there such a thing as a godly craving? Why would God birth the craving in you if your job spiritually is to accept what is? And the first place we need to go to before we even tackle godly cravings, we need to first understand what we perceive as the other side of the coin. We need to understand what acceptance really means. What does it mean? Because I know personally, I know there are moments where the thing I want to hear from God is not accept what is. Okay, y'all, y'all too cool about this. There are some times when the thing I do not want to hear from God is accept what is. I'm like, you know, you know when you really by yourself and you start talking to God, Melody knows because Melody be talking to God. You know, it's, you're not even out there trying to be like, oh, Lord, our Father. You're like, brother, help me. Help. Like, accept? No, help. Like, that's how you feel inside. <laughs> but acceptance of what is is not saying give up. It's not saying put your hands in your pockets. As a matter of fact, radical statement, acceptance of what is has absolutely nothing to do with action. Because acceptance of what is is saying, I accept that in this moment, this is the reality I have been given. In this very moment, Our mistake is we think God is saying something about the next moment. When you come to realize that acceptance is saying, okay, I understand what's here right now. But at the same time, I have the faith to know that God could step in that next second and blow that whole thing up. Can change that whole thing for my good. But I don't need to worry about that second. And as a matter of fact, hear this. Acceptance of what is, is the prerequisite to action. It's almost like saying, I think about it this way. This hit me on the way over here, and I was thankful because I was like, thank you, Lord. That sounds fresh. I like that. That sounds good. I, I, I felt him say, literally, I'm driving over here. I felt him say, it's like we're bowing to God before we move. It's like saying, I brought you here to act. I gave you arms and legs. I gave you muscles, hallelujah. I gave you (laughs) intelligence and knowledge. (laughs) I gave you all of these things that are components of action. I made you action-oriented beings. You can literally never be static. There's things having action in your body at every moment. As a matter of fact, if your heart just started accepting (laughs) in the old perception, you wouldn't be here. It's like, wow. Wow, that that just really hit me. It's like, whenever I move, 
when whatever I see in the world, it's not that I need to accept the narrative about reality. The reality I'm telling myself, I don't need to, excuse me, the narrative I'm telling myself about reality, that's not what I need to accept. Because the narrative is subjective. That's just something I started talking about to myself because I'm crazy. I'm talking to myself. All I need to do is accept and say, Lord, I bow to you first before I move. I accept that this is what you've given me in this moment. Thank you. And now I act. That is the basis of intelligent action. That's the basis of effective action. That's what it means when we say it is in God that I live, I move, and I have my being. That means in that moment that I metaphorically bow to God and I accept what is, I'm letting myself be an open vessel for him to imbue my action. You guys notice those are verbs. Those are action verbs. It is in God that I live, I move, and I have my being. That's literally saying God imbues my action. And he doesn't just do it authoritatively, act. No, he's saying, I'll be your hands and legs. If you surrender to me before you act, I will be your mind. I will literally utilize this imperfect vessel. I, the perfect, I can't even say entity, the perfect energy, the perfect fullness, the perfect identity. God is saying, I will enter into your imperfect self so that I could do things through you. That's what it means to be a vessel. That's what it means to be a vessel. That's why I don't want, when I leave this earth, it's gonna be a long time from now, because I, I like it here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but when I leave this earth, I don't care if nobody think about Ryan Howard. I don't want anybody to say Ryan Howard did nothing. I want them to say Ryan Howard was a vessel. Because that's how I know that good stuff gonna come out of me. That's how I know, that's, mm. <laughs> that's how I know that my insecurities are okay. That's how I know that I could be jacked up, I could be tore up from the floor up, and I know God could still use me. Because I don't know about y'all, but sometimes it be like that. I know that because I said, oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm in perfect, perfect. You judge me? You want to say something wrong with me? Perfect. That's, that's cool. Because guess what? I'm just a vessel. You can make fun of the vehicle all you want. You can make fun of the structure. But go ahead and lift up the hood. See the engine in me. Mm. 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 See the engine in me. And it is with that foundation that we can come to understand godly cravings. Godly cravings. You know, when we talk about desire, when we talk about the things that we want, we talk about action. All of these things are about movement, you know? And it's interesting because when we stop and we think about this whole acceptance thing, acceptance and taking action and having these godly cravings, they really are a total duality. Because God conveys to us through acceptance, hey, really? <laughs> There's nothing you have to do to be complete. 
you entered into this world already having won. There's nothing you need to do to be enough. You came out of me. I wove you with the threading of my genius. Sin, you want to know what sin is? Sin is being asleep. Sin is not waking up to the truth of who you are. Repentance means change. What does that mean? That means, okay, if I'm messing up, if I'm doing whatever, really the only mistake I'm making is not being in tune with the fact that I'm already complete and really leaning into that. And so where am I going with this? I'm saying that duality's funny. <laughs> Why is God saying you're complete, but also, hey, I got plenty for you to do? It's because it's, it's just, if you think about it, it's so ingenious because God is saying, you're covered, you're, you're good, you're enough, you're worthy. All of the things that we actually go through this world seeking, we seek attachment, we seek connection, we seek validation, we seek positive reinforcement. God is saying, you actually have all of those things already. But I brought you here to move because there's work for you to do. You're complete, but this is an incomplete world. There's brokenness, there's pain, there's people that you could help, there's people that you could motivate, there's love that you could bring. You could make this place a fuller representation of me if you would use your completeness that I imbued in you to act. And so it is with that that we can understand that God definitely gives us cravings. God gives us cravings, those things that we, that we seek, those things that, and I'm not just talking about on the egoic sense. I'm not talking about just getting a new thing. You know what I mean? Getting new uh, uh, purchases, a house, a car, whatever, or trying to get achievement. I mean, there's hungers in you that would authentically make your life better if you were to pursue it. There's hungers in you that would open up new parts of you. There's places where if you got there, it's not about you getting there and being more accomplished. It's actually about if you were there, it would open you up to better parts of you. You know something really interesting? You know that let's say, for example, if someone was living in poverty and then they step into a state of abundance where they no longer have as much stress on whether or not the bills are gonna get paid this month. Where now they have a level of emotional and cognitive stability because they're not worried about feeding their kids. They're not worried about the kids being hungry. Did you know that your brain's baseline of, mama help me out, it's not serotonin. It's not serotonin, it's status chemical. No. I'm messing. No, my fault. It is serotonin. I'm bugging. Dopamine is motivation. Serotonin is status. S for S. Okay, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Your baseline of serotonin rises, which actually causes you to become less reactive. 
which actually allows you to enter into states of mind where you're more observant, where you're more likely to be forgiving, literally neuroscientifically. Being under less stress, being in a new space, being in abundance can actually empower you to love better and to be a better person. It doesn't make you a better person to have those things, but it's saying there is a real visceral value to taking action, to making change. You following me? And so when we don't become aware of the fact that we have cravings, we have motivations that God gives us, and they're actually sacred. I now realize that me bettering my life is actually so much more important for the reason that it's not about Ryan. Me bettering my life means I'm giving God a better vessel to use. I'm enlarging my territory so that God can do more with the land. Okay, I'm, I'm just a vessel? Okay, perfect. I'm going to be the biggest, strongest vessel. I'm going to do whatever I can. And so all of this to say something very simple, and this is where I'm going to drive it home. When we talk about development, when we talk about growth, when we talk about evolving ourselves, we need to stop looking at it in such a superficial, simplistic mentality. This is what this message is all about. The cravings that God is putting in us, it's a beckoning to greatness. There's hungers that God put in us. And we have those hungers because he's saying, I came so that you might have life more abundantly. But not just by virtue of you knowing it, it's also by virtue of watching me, watching how Christ lived, and applying that to your life so that you can go higher. Christ, when you look at Christ's life, there was a diligence. There was a focus. There was an awareness of the mission. There was a, a commitment, a surrender. What we're talking about right now, this duality, Christ, was the literal manifestation of godly craving because he knew that I got stuff I need to do. He allowed his drive, he was so passionate. He had a hunger. He said, I'm about my father's business. And I really wanted to get up here and talk to you guys today, honestly, because we underestimate, we overestimate how much time we have, and we underestimate what we could do if we committed ourselves to the goal. What are the godly cravings in you? What are the areas in your life where you've settled? In your relationships, in your career, in your health. And we have reasons that we don't follow these godly cravings. And they always come back to fear. We might even acknowledge that the craving we have for our health, our relationships, our career, what have you, we might acknowledge that the real cravings, we might acknowledge that God has given, us to, given them to us. But 
then we say, maybe that's not meant for me. Maybe I can't do that. Maybe it'll be too hard to figure out. I don't know if I'm enough. And so over time, we get to a point where we get comfortable with less. We start being more realistic. We start being more docile. And you know what? That whole dreaming big thing, that's for 20-somethings. That's for, you know, that's for people who haven't experienced enough life. That's why I love that quote. They say that the, that the average age, the, the average age of death, or the, the average mortality age is 72, but most people die at 27. Because your body may die at 72, but your cravings die at 27. And this is about saying, bring it to life. Bring it to life. You want to talk about Christ? What was Christ about? What is Christ the representation of? Resurrection. Can these, these dry bones live? Can these dry bones live? Bring them back to life. Because I don't know about you, but you know something I think about often? There have been billions of people that have lived on this planet. And I don't just mean in this single generation. I mean over insurmountable generations. And I always ask God, God, why'd you bring me here? Because to be honest, like, I'm the type of person, I don't want to do nothing that somebody else has already done. I mean, if somebody has already lived the depiction of, of my life, the trajectory of my life, I'd rather not even show up. Because what's the point? No, if I'm here, I want to do a new thing. I want to do a new thing. And how do I do a new thing? i got to get really in touch with the godly cravings he put in me. Because that's where my purpose lies. I don't want to just go out here and get a nice house and be famous and da-da-da-da-da-da. No, I want to be of unique use. I want to be a vessel for people to raise from the dead. I want to be a vessel of power. I want for people to say, whoever that brother was, God used him. Because the fact that I'm sitting, that I'm standing here, means I was called for such a time as this. And every single person here was called for such a time as this. What are you here for? And you, some of you might say you don't know, but he's been speaking to you about it. But maybe your ears have been too close to listen. And this is so important. When I tell you, and this is not a self-deprecating statement, that I am the least of these. I am the least of these. I know that everything that God has put into me, I know that ain't none of it mine. And again, that is not a self-deprecating statement, because I also know that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail. But I know that, number one, I say that I'm the least of these, because there ain't no person too low where I can look above them. 
because I know that whatever they're going on, whatever they got going on, it's grace that I ain't standing there next to them. And at the height, I'm the head and not the tail because no matter the amazing thing I see in another person, I know that they got the same engine. The, the car might have a different body, but I got the same engine. If we race and you in a Bugatti and I'm in a Civic, I still beat you. Because <laughs> my prayer was just a little bit stronger. Mm. And this is something that is so important to me because the same way that we listen to Sasha, this morning talking, there was a fire in that. There's a fire in that and you could see the power of God rising out of that woman's mouth. And it was touching spirits in here. There were people with tears down their eyes because of the power in that. I never heard Sasha speak so much. She used to be back there, she would just sing and be quiet, sing and be quiet. All of a sudden, now she out there, whew, giving a whole sermon before anybody come up to preach. Yeah. And I'm picking on her because I've been, I was blessed by it. I was blessed by it. And there was people in here that was blessed by it. There's people in here that will be blessed in ways you can't even imagine when you allow yourself to lean into the cravings he put in your heart because he called you for such a time as this. God beckons us to take action. And so my closing piece of this is, because see, I, I'm keeping with the time. Danny told me 35 minutes. And I said, okay. I looked at the clock when I got up, I said, it's 11.55, that means 12.30, I get, bet, that means I got 15 minutes left, boom. Listen, I'm the psychology dude, but today, I'm math. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so with these last 15 minutes, Lord. We got all the, all the hype, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I'm motivated. God's giving me these godly cravings for me to go about, you know, my purpose and better my life and take action. I mean, that's great, but if y'all, if I left y'all on that, and then you walked outside, started driving home, like 10 minutes later, be like, wait, hold up. Now what? You know what I'm saying? I'm excited, I got all this energy, where am I supposed to put it? <laughs> and the thing is, we need to know how to put action into place. We, know, we need to know it's not enough to be emotionally invested in change. We gotta be methodical. We gotta understand the approach. And so this last piece of the message is a spiritual approach to meaningful progress. When we acknowledge that God has given me purpose, that God has given me cravings. And when I analyze and observe these cravings, it gives me insight about what specifically he's calling me towards. Now, what do I do to go towards that? And I want to look at some scripture in order to identify that, you know, because I don't know nothing. So just look at some Bible. <laughs> James 2 and 26. And this is a succession of little quotes or scriptures, by the way. So we're going to put them all together in a second. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. 
action. We have the faith, we have the belief, we have the passion. We got to put action on it. Next, Luke 14 and 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? This one is super valuable because, you know, it's funny, particularly in relation to Hartway. You know, obviously, amazing community. Everyone has, has, has given such positive reinforcement about Hartway. But every once in a while, there's someone who might come for the first time and they're not used to this more holistic approach to spirituality. And they might say something like, man, is that even a church? Like, they was in there talking about emotion and, you know, all this worldly stuff. And it's, it's, it's almost like they're not used to hearing practicality and spirituality be put together. Whereas it's like, if it's not practical, what's the point? You know? And this is literally saying right here. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it? It's, it's literally saying, are you crazy? Like, strategy is integral in this material world. You're spiritual, fantastic. Also use that brain I gave you. <laughs> Why'd I give you all that brain, you know what I'm saying? If you're not going to employ strategy. So, strategy. Proverbs 21 and five. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Mm. Mm. Patience and consistency. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Patience and consistency. So now let's put all these together. What do we come away with? Action, strategy, patience, and consistency. So this is the last thing that I want you to consider. I'm not even trying to be funny right now, I'm serious. You guys know that we're all at some point going to leave this earth, right? And that's not meant to be fear rhetoric, I mean like for real. And as much as we like to think we know, we don't know when that's gonna happen. Whether it's five years from now, five minutes from now, or 50 years from now, that should not change our level of urgency. And I don't mean anxiety, I mean urgency. When we understand that action is sacred, it makes us realize we need to stop playing around with God. You guys know why I get emotional so much? I get emotional so much because this is real to me. This is real to me. I was the kid who dealt with chronic depression. I know what pain is like, but I also see what God does in this world. And if there's one thing that I'm unwilling to do, now that God has 
restored me in ways unimaginable. For me to sit up here and joke with you guys and smile, you don't know how much, how much of a miracle that is. I cry because I'm a walking miracle. I cry because I'm thankful. I cry because it is not by my works that I was restored. It is by God's grace. But just in the same way that faith without works is dead, gratitude without putting that gratitude into action to me is even more foolish. I literally, I know this is, I know this is crazy, but I remember so clearly, I literally started talking. Don't worry, this is, don't worry, just hear the sentence. <laughs> I remember when I was in one of the darkest nights of my life, and I remember I told the devil, I said, you better kill me. I said, you better go ahead and finish me off, because if you don't, I'm going to tear this whole thing. I said, I'm going to be such a vessel for God that ain't nothing you touch. God going to put a hedge of protection around every single place that I walk. I said, don't you let me get on my mission. And I'm still here. And I'm not just, I'm not just still here. I'm continuously becoming anew. And I'm imbued with that commitment to myself. I'm gonna be like Christ. How? Christ was a change agent. And if you really wanna be a change agent, I don't just mean a change agent in the world, I mean a change agent in your life. Because I no longer, what's the word I'm looking for? Outsource that message of Christ came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Now I say, I came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I decree that I will do what is necessary to give myself abundance. While, no, no, come on, hey, that's okay. I know some people are like, oh, I don't know if that's okay. Yes, it is good to want fullness and abundance in your life. God brought me here to have joy. I want to have fullness in my life. And I want to be a facilitator of fullness in my life. While also, and more importantly, being a vessel for the fullness of life in other people. But in order to do that, and this is where I'm going to end you. Thank you, Mom. I know you was giving me a little clap. That's my mom. I love my mom. You see, we matching. We always in sync. Come on. <laughs> But in order to do that, you need to be about the business. You need to start strategizing your cravings. What godly cravings do you hold in your heart? I want you to take a second and think about them. Where are the areas of your life where you genuinely, authentically want change and growth? Now, 
If God looked over the last month of your life, would he see strategic action towards your godly cravings? I think about it like this. If today was a single day in my life, if this was a single week in my life, if I were to multiply this week times 100, this exact week, if I were to multiply it times 100, how much progress would I have made in all of those areas? And if it's not much, that means I'm not using a strategy. That means I'm not implementing a process to make it happen. Maybe you need to go home today and you need to start writing stuff out. Maybe you need to write you a little project plan. Write you a six month, I know Melody's liking this. Because Melody be putting everybody on a plan, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> She'd be like, oh, okay, you wanna lose 20 pounds? Okay, what's your six month strategy? Come on, we, we need a plan. Purpose and dreams. Just start, come on. Plan. Be methodical. Be diligent. Put that type of intentionality that you put into your job, put it into the matters of your heart. Put it into the things that God has called you to. If you really please hear this thing, if you will really get serious about what you're craving. And I don't just mean get serious with your heart, I mean get serious with your mind. Put it into action. Make the plan, take the steps, be consistent, and just see what happens. Because you could find yourself in a completely new place with completely new power and a completely new awareness of the goodness of God where you can say, I have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. And it is an acknowledgement of that, that you are appreciating the value of godly cravings. Thank you. Woo! Come on, come on. And I gave my boy three minutes to spare. I hit that in 32, let's go. Hey, before we go, thank you. Let's give it one more time for Ryan. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Before we go, uh, I just want to reiterate what was spoken during the announcements. Okay, next Sunday in the morning, we're doing something called Next Steps Newcomers Breakfast. We're going to do these once a quarter. I never get here at 9 a.m. I'm coming early for you. So if you are new to the community and you want to learn more about our vision, our culture, our values, and what it means to be a part of this family, that breakfast is for you. So I would love to see you there next Sunday, 9 a.m. Fill out a Connect card. Let us know that you're coming, and it's going to be a great time. Hope you guys have an incredible week. God bless you. Take it easy. Be well.